Okay, so y'all remember how I said I was going to go back to Psalm 119 after I did that brief little um, talk about Snapchat filters. Yeah, I'm, I may go back to Psalm 119, but I doubt it. I'm on Psalm, oh, I'm not on Psalm anything. I'm on Isaiah 58 today. And Isaiah 58 is uh, one of the keystone scriptures for Urban Oxology and Erebon. And it talks all about what real piety before God actually is. And it's not just the going through the motions of like worshiping God and crying and fasting and lying on the altar, but it's about living amongst each other well. Um, and I mean, which has echoes throughout the Bible. Like in uh, one of the John epistles, I think it's first John y'all. I could look it up right now, but I'm just gonna keep going. Um, God says, how can you say you love God and hate your brother? Like, how you say you hate your brother that you've seen, but love God whom you haven't seen? Like, it just, it doesn't make sense. And that's a lot of the sentiment of some of Isaiah 58. You say you love God, but you're treating your brother, you're treating your sister like garbage. How does that, how does that jive? How do, how do you, how do you say you love a God that you can't see, number one, but whose entire, like, God's nature is loving those who like cannot benefit him at all like that's just in his that's just who he is how do you proclaim to love that God and yet you can't show anyone else any measure of compassion so and it's usually I think what it's usually Isaiah 58 is like a clarion call for social justice it's a lot of people use that scripture to talk about how the church is supposed to um be engaged in social justice in the world and I think that that's true and it's an appropriate um thinking like that's the right way to think about the scripture I'd also like to suggest that we not only look at it as how the church should engage with the wider world but think about it as how the church should engage with the church I'm going to read it but be thinking about it in in these ways because God is talking to um his people He's not talking about the wider world. He's not really talking about how the wider world, how uh, the people of Israel should engage with the entire world. It's, he's talking about how they need to engage with each other. Um, and think about ways that we can be socially responsible, socially and spiritually responsible for each other. So think about it like that. <clears throat> Isaiah 58. Cry aloud, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their transgression, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the judgment of their God. They ask me of righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why have we fasted and you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure and oppress all your workers. Behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with a wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice to be heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose a day for a person to humble himself 
is it to bow down his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and to bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh. Then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness, if you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a well, like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. And your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt, and you shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. If you turn back your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it, not going your own ways or seeking your own pleasure or talking idly, then you shall take delight in the Lord, and I will make you ride on the heights of the earth. I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, I'm not going to have a a whole lot to say about this because I would love for y'all to be thinking about how to think through Isaiah 58 through the lens of like if God was saying this to East End Fellowship, how could we walk out? These words, I would love for us to be thinking about these verses through a natural, physical lens. How do we remove the yoke of oppression, the bonds of wickedness, and set the oppressed free in the natural world and in the spiritual world? I think um, I was. we just finished midsize and Wendell said something about we've been calling this thing We've been calling what we desire diversity and or equity, but what we're it's what the Bible calls unity. And I think unity is a word that gets glazed over because we think it I think we might think that it's not enough of a word to describe to get to what we mean, but I think unity is multifaceted and it's and it's its expression when God's people are unified. Kingdoms of darkness can come crumbling down. I think about what happened when the 12 disciples, and Jesse Mejia actually submitted a word to the team that says something similar um, about us needing to be unified as one and to be on one accord. Because think about it, when the 12 disciples were in one accord, were on one accord in the upper room, the entire world was changed. I mean, and it wasn't until then that they changed the entire world. You feel me? Like, It wasn't until they were on one accord, power came down from heaven, that history was never, ever the same. I mean, I mean, the world was never the same after that. So 
Yeah, I would just love for us to be thinking about this in a spiritual sense and in a natural sense. What does it mean for us naturally? Like, who's who are we arguing and fighting with? Who are we, like it says in verse four or in verse three? It says, "Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure and oppress all your workers." Behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with a wicked fist. Fasting like yours will not make your voice to be heard on high. So God is basically saying, you're doing all this. You're denying yourself. You're making yourself hungry. But I mean, you're not even treating each other right. You're not even doing what I asked you to do. Don't do this separate, super spiritual thing when you're not even doing the basics. Like you might be going through the, you might have the rote mechanics of what you're supposed to be doing, but the heart of what I want, y'all aren't doing. So what is that for us? What is it for me? What am I what am I missing? What what am I doing? Like I I think I'm following the fasts the right way. No social media, dangle fast, no traditional media. But what is beneath the surface that I'm still allowing to go on that's sin? That isn't I'm still doing the thing that God said stop doing. Food for thought. Hey, y'all. I hope to see I hope all y'all come to church tonight. And I'll see you later. Thank you, Father, for your word, for your spirit. It's life. It is light. Um, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. We thank you for it. You're forever glorified. You're forever exalted. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. And also email me at Aaron at EthanFellowship.org. I want to hear your thoughts. Some of y'all have been emailing me faithfully, and I appreciate y'all. You're a blessing. So, all right, that's it. Bye.